We're ready to go, everybody, from the glamorous Studio B of Fox 25 in Dedham, Massachusetts. If you saw where we were, you would chuckle. It's absolutely empty right now. It used to be our temporary newsroom. Tom Lydon's here. Butch Stearns. Great to have you with us. Episode 4 of TB25, A History of Football. Sorry for the lapse in timing here. We've had a lot going on, and it took us a while to get this guest. But, Butch, I think this guest is worth it. Bob Greasy is a legendary name in the history of football for a lot of reasons. And when we talk about the 1972 season, I mean, when I say 1972, if you're a football fan, what comes to mind? The undefeated season. Right. It lives in infamy. It also reminds me of you know, the birth year of one of the nation's finest individuals. You? You're sitting right across <laughs> from me, man. I was 12. <laughs> you do the math. <laughs> I was born in August of 72, and the Dolphins didn't lose. Yeah, it was, it was just a sign from God. So do you God. pop champagne every year when, uh, in honor of the Dolphins? I do not. I don't have love for the Dolphins in that regard, but I do have love for the history of the game, as you know. And, and I wanted this to be a special podcast because there was so much to talk about when it came to 72. And I wanted so to get a good guest. Let me ask you, let me ask you a guest. question. I'm, you know, born and raised Patriots fan, and this sticks in my craw every time Mercury Morris has to go out there. But let me ask your opinion about it. Is the Patriots' season less impressive, the undefeated 2007 season, because they didn't win the Super Bowl, even though they won more games than the Dolphins did in 72? Or do you look at the Dolphins as a bigger, better accomplishment because they finished the deal? I'm surprised you're even asking. Come on. you got to finish the deal. you got to seal the deal. Of course the Dolphins' achievement is better. I know that the Patriots had to play more games, and I know that the Patriots, if you line them up against the 72 Dolphins and went head-to-head and went matchup by matchup, player by player, they're a better team. But they didn't finish it. Okay. And when you don't finish it, you don't get the acclaim. You don't get to live in infamy. So let me ask you a different question, which I think gets us right into the 72 Dolphins then. How impressive was it for the Dolphins to go undefeated in 1972? And was it harder than it is for a team to do it today from 2007 on? Because we saw the Carolina Panthers flirt with it last year. Right. And that's something that Greasy talks about, too, in our interview, which you're going to get a chance to hear here shortly. I think it is much harder to do it now. I think the league has been built to be a league of parity, much more so now in the 2000s than it was back in the 1970s. The league did not have the same depth back in the 1970s as it does now. Any given week, you can go into a game and get beaten in 2015 or 2016. That wasn't the case then. You'll hear a great story as Bob and his teammates went through the schedule in the end of December of 72, kind of lining up who they were going to play. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to lose. So they kind of had a sense that they were better than everybody else. So as hard as this is for me to do as a Patriots fan, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say that going 14-0 in 1972 was even harder Why? when I look at closer at the schedule. They beat the Super Bowl five champions, the Colts. They beat the Jets, the Super Bowl three champions, all in that season to go 14-0. I mean... They cruised through the rest of it after that. You know, as we look at the season, Bob Greasy broke his ankle in week five. And I think you made a good point as we were setting this one up that how did they not get distracted? Because, I mean, they clinched the division. So early. I mean, the second place team in the AFC East was the Jets. And they finished seven and seven. Can you imagine 
what the last two months of the season must have been like and how they were motivated. But we learn here, uh, and we've heard it before from Bill Curry, he talked about Don Shula and how much of a slave driver Don Shula really was during training camp. He had those guys out on the field. Uh, it would be a very illegal standard <laughs> nowadays. He couldn't get away with it, but it worked in that day and age. The Shula thing is interesting to me because this podcast, TB25, is about the history of football. And you look at modern day and everybody believes that Bill Belichick is the gold standard now, and he deserves that for what he's done. But we've already talked about in the podcast we've done, Tom, we've talked about Vince Lombardi. We've talked about Tom Landry. And we're about to talk about Chuck Knoll coming up and John Madden to a lesser degree. But we're going to talk about Don Shula now. He's one of the greatest coaches for a reason. And we it's very interesting to hear Bob Greasy talk about Don Shula because the guys that played for these coaches, they talk about them with reverence for all the right reasons. I think football back in the 70s in this era, and we even saw it after the Dolphins with Franco Harris and the Steelers when they went to their first two championship games, didn't really take a turn towards the aerial attack until the Steelers and Cowboys started slinging the ball around the field at, in Super Bowl X. But the ground game was just such an important part of football. You talked about how many stat sheets we saw from the 72 season and Bob Greasy throws the ball 18 times. Uh, Sometimes you know, single-digit passes. It's incredible. Nine and ten attempts in a game. But you look at the running backs they had. They had you know Jim Kick, oh. they had Larry Zonka, they had Mercury Morris. Say what you want about Mercury Morris in 2016, Mercury Morris was Ran a thousand-yard rusher. Yeah. You know, they had two thousand-yard rushers. So this was a team. Interesting, as we've set this up and we've talked to the people we've talked to, uh, they all kind of follow a similar path here. You know, we talked to Bill Curry and he'd been on a Super Bowl team that lost and they learned how to win. We talked to Bob Lilly and they had lost Super Bowl five and they learned how to win. Same story here. You know, the Dolphins kind of came from nothing. They were really motivated by that Super Bowl six loss thought that they were better than the team that showed up against the Cowboys after the 71 season, and they were going to do everything they could to win games. So let's take that point and go back a little before we go ahead to the 72 season. To your point about attrition, about paying your dues, so to speak, and losing a Super Bowl before you go on to win a Super Bowl, it's interesting to hear these stories from these guests because it did matter. And let's not forget, we're getting past the merger now, we're getting past the AFL NFL now. It's AFC, NFC. And so the rivalries are there. These teams are battle tested as they come in to go win a Super Bowl. And that certainly was the case for the 1972 Dolphins. They paid their dues. A couple logistical things to run over with you before we hop into how the Redskins got to the Super Bowl, how the Dolphins got to the Super Bowl. Follow us at our website. TB25.us is the URL that'll bounce you over to our Facebook page. We've got a ton of videos and pictures and links for you to Check out there. You can follow us there. You can keep up to speed with the guests we're going to have as we move forward. And also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. It's real easy. We got lucky. We got in early, so we got our names. <laughs> my, my Twitter handle is at Tom Lydon, and Butch's is at Butch Stern. So follow along, not just for the football stuff, but obviously we'll be in the midst of a lot of cool things as 2016 rolls along. Let's break down how both of these teams got there because the stories, to me, are intriguing. Because there are familiar faces, and there are new teams that are kind of peeking in there, too. You know, the Steelers haven't really been showing up until now. And the Steelers, in this 1972 season, get themselves into the playoffs. And you have that amazing day, which was referenced by Brad Schultz back when we talked about the 1970 season. That day in which the Steelers won their divisional game against the Raiders on the Immaculate Reception. Right. And then the Cowboys put together the miraculous comeback against the San Francisco 49ers in their divisional game. Yeah. Uh, just great football, great history, a great day in football history. 
Well, here's the other thing as we're talking about the Dolphins' path to the 72 Super Bowl, Tom. They had an undefeated season, but they weren't rewarded back then for being a number one seed. In other words, you didn't get a wild card team or the last place team. They had a harder road to get to the Super Bowl. The NFC team that got to the Super Bowl, Washington, was following the same rules, and they had gotten into the playoffs in 71. So they had George Allen on the sidelines. 71 was his first year. 72 was his second year. So that's a team on the rise, a team with good players. They had Larry Brown, who was the MVP of the league, right? Billy Kilmer slinging the ball around at quarterback. They were a very talented team. So in the previous episodes, for people who have listened, I grew up as a Cowboys fan, even though I was in New England. I hated these Redskins. George Allen, I hated, even though I respected <laughs> him. I hated Larry Brown. I hated their defense. I hated Billy Kilmer. I hated Sonny Jurgensen before him. <laughs> so for them to start emerging here, th that really became, to me, one of the best rivalries in sports, Redskins-Cowboys, and this was kind of the start of it. In the NFC, you had four playoff teams. You had the Redskins win the AFC East. They edged the defending Super Bowl champion Cowboys. So the Cowboys were the wild card. Uh, the Packers won the Central. It was the first time the Packers had been back in the playoffs since they'd won Super Bowl II. So they had had a little bit of a dip in terms of their productivity, but now they were back in the postseason. Dallas ends up beating the 49ers, third straight year that those two teams had played in the playoffs in that miraculous game, which we just talked about. The Redskins beat the Packers in their divisional game. So this was the first of what would become many Cowboys-Redskins NFC Championship games. Well, and the other thing for all the talk about the Dolphins, and rightfully so, Bob Greasy's our guest, and they went undefeated and they won the Super Bowl. They were facing a Washington team in the second year of George Allen that in the playoffs that you just talked about gave up six total points in two games. Six, two field goals. They didn't give up a touchdown in two games. So an incredible defense and a Miami team that wasn't really known for its offensive prowess you know so it was curious when they finally got to the Super Bowl how Miami was going to do don't forget they hadn't scored a touchdown they didn't score a touchdown against the Cowboys in the previous Super Bowl so to me it's kind of like a, a monkey on their back plus they were in the middle of a quarterback controversy as they right. got to Super Bowl 7. Right Bob Greasy leads them to 4-0 breaks his ankle in week 5 Earl Morrill comes in and does an unbelievable job wins what 11 games in a row as the quarterback and then Don Shula comes to the team and says uh Bob Greasy's going back in at quarterback. <laughs> he deserves it. You know, he was a good quarterback, obviously Hall of Famer. But how much has Earl Morrill shown up in these early episodes? Oh, yeah. It just goes to show how talented he was, a key player in Super Bowl three, a key player in Super Bowl five, and he wins the ring for being the Dolphins quarterback on that Super Bowl seven team. Four teams in the AFC playoffs. You had Miami who won the AFC East. You had Pittsburgh win the Central. You had Oakland win the West. The Cleveland Browns were the wildcard team, so it turns out Miami was matched up against Cleveland. And what was interesting is when they got to the playoffs after finishing 14-0, the Dolphins had to play from behind in both of these playoff games. Right. And that's where the real quarterback controversy started to simmer, because when you're playing from behind and the offense is struggling and you've got a guy like Bob Greasy on the bench, you can understand how the fans, the media, and even the coaching staff is probably clamoring to get Greasy back out on the field. Think about this now, Tom. We're in the early 70s, and this is our fourth episode. And in one of the previous episodes, we had a very similar situation in Dallas with Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. And what's interesting is both teams go on to win championships and kind of become empowered Dallas a lot earlier. That happened a lot earlier in the season. But the Dolphins became empowered also when Greasy came back. The Super Bowl was in Los Angeles in the Coliseum. It was the first time back in the Coliseum since Super Bowl I. And what a different scene. You know, if you look back when the Packers played the Chiefs, it was a 
stadium that was 40% empty. And it just goes to show how the popularity of the league had taken off in the six years between because now you got a sold-out L.A. Coliseum. And there's so much attention on the Super Bowl. And obviously even a little bit more given the fact that going into that game, the Dolphins were 16-0. and But it just does go to show you how much more popular the league had become. Well, again, this podcast is about the history of football. 1972. What are we, third year of Monday Night Football or second year of Monday Night Football? 70, 71, 72, third so year. So third year of Monday Night Football. The Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl Seven now, to your point. It's growing into an international global event. Uh, and the fact that it's in Los Angeles, the fact that you have an undefeated team, I mean, the, the snowball is just rolling down the hill now on the Super Bowl. And one final thought before we go to break and then bring in Bob Greasy. What I always find funny about Super Bowl Seven, can you just tell me the one highlight that you always see from Super Bowl Seven? Gary Premium's pass. It's the one epic failure of this undefeated Dolphin team, but it is the signature play of that Super Bowl, which is kind of ironic in many ways. He's lucky he's alive. <laughs> That's I'm a good to point. Learn that. That's a good point. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Bob Greasy about so many things, including the Dolphins' 14-7 win over the Redskins in Super Bowl Seven. But hang tight. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll continue the show right after this. From its high-strength, military-grade aluminum alloy body to its high-strength steel frame, the Ford F-150 is a wake-up call for every full-size truck out there. This is a truck like never before, so you can work like never before. The game-changing Ford F-150 with greater towing and payload capacities and best-ever ride, handling, and braking. Every other truck is history. Experience F-150 at your New England Ford dealers. Ford trucks built Ford tough. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Our conversation about the 1972 season continues. Tom Lydon and Butch Stearns, and really thrilled, Butch, to have this guest today. Yeah, Bob Greasy is one of the legendary names in football, and I think part of it is, as we're about to hear, not only is he a football Hall of Famer, but he's one of those guys that became a face of football because he continued broadcasting and still does to this day. Yeah, it's funny about Purdue, because Purdue you don't consider to be a quarterback factory, but there are a couple of guys who came through Purdue were excellent quarterbacks. We even have one now, Drew Brees, yeah. who went to Purdue. But Bob Greasy came out of Purdue, went to the Dolphins. The Dolphins were a really crappy team. I mean, let's be blunt about it. Dolphins were a crappy team, but they got Don Shula in the 1970 season, and Greasy was already in place. And you'll hear from him, and I, I'm stealing this thunder a little bit, but you'll hear how much of an impact Don Shula had on him. And I started the conversation by asking Bob Greasy what his team had to do to learn how to win. Well, I got there the second year of the uh, franchise. Uh, I got there in 67. Uh, the Dolphins uh, came into being in 66. George Wilson was my first head coach. We never had a winning season uh, the first four years, 67, 68, and 69, I guess, were the three that I was there. And then when Coach Shula came in 1970, things kind of turned around. We went from a 3-10-1 season in 69 
to a 10 and 4 season in 70 under Coach Shula. When Coach Shula came, everything turned around. Bob, what made Coach Shula so special? Did you know right away that you had something? Yeah, you know, he, he, he won in Baltimore, where he came from. He was uh, 38, 40 years old. I, I don't know exactly, but he was a young man. He could identify with us. He played in the league, and you just knew that the first year he got there in 70, the players had a strike. He was chomping at the bit to get us into camp and to learn the system, the terminology. There were no off-season conditioning programs like there are now uh, back in the 70s. So he didn't see the players until they came to camp in the summer. And when the strike was finally over with and we finally got to go to training camp, we had practices four times a day, a walk-through in the morning and a walk-through in the evening, sandwiched around two practices during the day. But you could tell that we weren't out there for punishment. We were out there to learn the system. We were getting something done, and the players could see the benefit of what Coach Shula was doing. You know, Bob, as we look back at the history of the 70s, we found a, a familiar pattern. You know, we talked with Bill Curry, and he'd been on the Super Bowl three team that lost, and then the Colts learned how to win and won Super Bowl five. We talked with Bob Lilly. They lost to the Colts in Super Bowl five and won Super Bowl six. So you're the third straight guy we're talking to who's coming off a loss in a Super Bowl and turned that into a championship. How much did that loss to the Cowboys in Super Bowl six propel the 1972 Dolphins? Well, it, it's, it all started in the locker room after that loss to Dallas. Coach Shula uh, planted a seed and by saying that next year we were going to have to work just as hard, if not harder, than we had worked that present year to get back to where we were three hours before when we started this game, the Super Bowl against Dallas. We were going to have to work to put all that work in and then some to get back there next year. So he planted a seed, and when we got back for the 72 season, it wasn't we, that we were planning on or thinking about winning every game or going undefeated. It was just we wanted to win each and every game just to make sure that we got to the postseason and we were ready if we were in the Super Bowl. So there's been so much written and said about the undefeated 72 season, but when you look at it and you go game by game, take us back a little bit because you guys started 4-0 and and then you broke your ankle in week five. What was, it, what was that like? Well, what was it like breaking my leg and having a, having a, dislo a dislocated ankle? Uh, it didn't feel too good. But I missed like uh, 10 games. Uh, Earl Morrill came in, old Earl, and the guys uh, didn't know what to think about Earl coming in. But he soon won over their confidence. Earl did a great job. I think he was in for 10 games or so. And then when Coach Shula at the end of the year said, hey, Earl, I'm going back to Bob, and Earl said, well, I don't like it, but I appreciate it, and I, I go along with whatever you, you decide. And make no mistake, there would be no undefeated team, no perfect season without Earl Morrill. 
What was that like with you coming back? In other words, give us a little insight into, did you know you were getting your job back? Did Coach Shula come to you in confidence, or how did that affect the team? Well, I was ready to come back by the end of the season. We played 14 games back then. I think I've got these numbers right. I know we played 14. I was ready to play. I was healthy and ready to play. Uh, I think the 14th game, the 15th the game was our first playoff game. Uh, Earl played and we won. The offense was kind of hit and miss, kind of struggling a little bit. I think the sixth, 15th or 16th game, we played the Steelers up there. Even though we were undefeated, we still had to go on the road. That's just the way it was back then. The offense was struggling a little bit, and uh, Coach Shula came to me and says, are you, are, are you ready? I said, yeah. He said, well, you, you go to the second half. And so that's when he made the decision. I was ready to play, and even though I hadn't played in 10 or 11 games, uh, what was it, my fifth or sixth or seventh year in the league, so I just went out just steered the the, uh, the locomotive in the right direction, giving it to Zaka, throwing the ball to Warfield. You know, we won that game, and then we went on to win the uh, Super Bowl. Tom, think about this. Uh, for all the talk about the 72 undefeated season, they, on the road, That's undefeated against the Steelers team that had the immaculate reception the week before. They're trailing. They changed quarterbacks and Big Bob Greasy in. I mean, you know, you, you glorify it years later. But football was much different back then. Much different. And I want to know about the burden of being undefeated and how that weighed on the team. Did that ever factor in? Because we saw it in 07 with the Patriots. They got all the way to the Super Bowl but weren't able to finish it. How much of a burden was that undefeated label for that team? Well, you know, the, the motivation was the loss the year before in the Super Bowl. So, you know, even though we were undefeated, we really hadn't achieved our goal of getting back to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, which we had lost the year before. So the, that was the motivation. The motivation wasn't going undefeated. The motivation was getting back to the Super Bowl. And once we got in the playoffs, we knew we couldn't lose the game. Now, during the season, we could lose the game. And I chuckle when I think back to our two of our offensive linemen, Bob Tuchenberg and Jim Langer. Uh, about the 10th or 11th game, we were undefeated. We had uh, three or four more to play, and uh, they were taking the uh, the opponents one at a time. And they were lifting weights in the in the uh, weight room, and Kuchenberg looked over Langer and says, hey, well, you think we can go undefeated? And they said, no, I don't know. He said, uh, well, he said, we got the Jets this week. And Kuchenberg says, well, Jets ain't going to beat us. Who we got the next week? Well, we got the Buffalo Bills the next week. Well, Buffalo, they ain't going to beat us. And who you got the next Well, we got the Patriots the next week. Well, they can't beat us. <laughs> so we weren't worried about it, but at the, we just took them one at a time, and it just happened. You know, it just happened we were undefeated. You know, that Redskin team that you met in the Super Bowl, pretty good. Uh, they'd been building themselves up, too. and They had a great defense. They had uh, the MVP of the league, Larry Brown. Uh, what was your thoughts going up against them when you got to the Coliseum? And a great coach, too. Yeah, no kidding. George Allen did a great job with that team. Yeah, he did. George Allen, and uh, he, had the, uh, he had that group going. Again, you know, we got up, uh, what was it, 14 to nothing? Yep. You know, I don't think I threw many passes in that game. I didn't have to. As long as they weren't scoring it until until Garrow made that full pot near the end of the game, we were ahead 14 to nothing, and he was going to line up to kick a long field goal, 
and it was blocked, and they picked it up and ran it the other way. Now it's 14 to 7. So anything, it, it worked out all right, but the game seemed to, uh, it, it wasn't as close as the score indicated. Yeah, that famous Gary premium play, he was no threat to take your job at quarterback. Well, I, I'll tell you, those defensive linemen on the sideline, when Gerald came off, it's a good thing we won that ball game or they would have strung him up. <laughs> I love the fact that you were invited to the White House uh, in 2013, the 72 Dolphins. How special was that, no matter how many years had passed, to be invited to Washington, D.C. and meet the president and be honored for what you did? You know, they didn't do that back then. They didn't invite the teams that won championships back in 1972 and 73. That just wasn't, didn't happen. Yeah, it was great to go there. You know, a couple of the guys didn't go, but for the most part, it was great to have that honor attached to the, the, the only team in the NFL history to go undefeated, finally get to the White House and uh, be honored in that way. It was, it was really special. Bob, I have one other question about the 72 season. When you look back on it, we know how Mercury Morris feels and a lot of your teammates feel. But when you look at the Patriots' 16-0 and season in 2007, was it just as great an accomplishment or the fact that they didn't win the Super Bowl? Do you look at your season as more special? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like Coach Shula says, and he always says, it's very difficult to go undefeated. It's just tough in the National Football League to win every game. It's like, like last year when Carolina, I don't know what the record was. It was might have been 13-0 and or, or something like that. They went to Atlanta, and Atlanta had only won like two, one or two or three games, and it was not a very good team. And they kicked Atlanta's ass, really beat them badly. Two weeks later, Atlanta is in Charlotte playing the Carolina Panthers, and still, the Carolina Panthers are undefeated. And Atlanta, who had just been kicked up and down the field two weeks earlier, they were the first team to beat the Carolina Panthers last year. So that goes to show you what Coach said. Any team in the NFL can beat you on any given week, and it's very tough to go undefeated. And, when you know, I, I thought – I didn't think that the Giants were going to beat the Patriots. You know, the, Tom Brady's a good friend of mine. Uh, he went to Michigan with my son. You know, if anybody was going to do it, you know, I was. I felt good that he was going to do it. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be. We're still the only team. It's, it's, tough. it's tough to go undefeated. Anybody at any given time can beat you. Bob, I know you're a busy guy, and I know that you're still very active, and, and you're still calling games with the Dolphins, so it, it was always a joy to watch you play, A. Uh, B, a joy to listen to you call football games, and the honor to speak to a Hall of Famer is always great for us. So thank you so much for the time, for carving out a little bit of your time to talk to us, and we really enjoyed hearing from you. All right, guys. Thank you. Be good. Thank you, Bob. See you. Bye-bye. Well, it's great to have him. Uh, he's a busy guy. And he was hard to track down, but once we finally did, he gave us the time. And it, what I love about all these guys, they love telling the stories. Well, the other thing is, and I'll tease this ahead, 
We're going to talk to Bob Breesy again about the 1973 season, and for all the right reasons. I don't think people realize how good a season the Dolphins had in 1973, Tom. Yeah, underrated. And the story about the White House is pretty cool too, right? Yeah. These guys, the fact that President Obama did that, you know, in 2013, and even more than the players, the fact that Don Shula was able to go. Because if you think about the all-time winningest coach in NFL history, he won his two championships back in the 70s. He went back two more times, but they lost to the Redskins in Super Bowl 17. They lost to the 49ers in Super Bowl 19. So he never got that chance to go to the Rose Garden and shake hands with the president. So pretty cool stories all around. Before we go, get into our final segment, a couple vital reminders. Really, this stuff's important, so if you bear with me, please like our Facebook page. You can get there immediately through our website, tb25.us. That's TB for Tom and Butch, 25 for Fox 25. And spread the word. You know, tell people about the podcast. Interact with us on our Facebook page with pictures, stories, ideas of stuff you'd like us to talk about in the future. If you're listening through iTunes or Stitcher, real important, real helpful. Give us a review, and obviously the more positive the review, the better for everybody. We really are committed to this. we got a lot of stories to share, a lot of people who we want to interview, so help us out along the way, and we'll have some fun. It's time for our So What? The big takeaway from the 1972 season. So what? Again, I can't get away from this. I look at the Patriots' 2007 season, and I want to, deep down in every bone of my body, say that it's one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. And it is, at almost every level. But that almost just sticks in your craw. Because by not winning that Super Bowl, by David Tyree with the super glue on his helmet, you can't say that it's one of the greatest seasons ever. Even though you can on every single level, but you just can't. So when I think of the 72 Dolphins, I think and I loathe about Mercury Morris and how much he celebrates. But I have to tip my hat to them, Tom, because it's one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. And they did finish the job. My so what is this? What's next? How do you top it? And that's what I'm going to love talking to Bob Greasy about in episode five in the 1973 season. You top it by winning another championship when everybody's gunning for you. Not that people weren't gunning for the Dolphins in 1972, wanting to knock them off that undefeated pedestal, but when you're a champ and you've already got a ring and people know that you're the champ, every single Sunday, people are gunning for you. And that 73 Dolphin team played a much more difficult schedule teams that were more mature, teams that were hungry, and they figured out a way to steamroll them too. So we'll get into that next. That's the 1973 episode, episode five of TB25, A History of Football. But for now, I'm Tom. And I'm Butch. Thanks for listening.